Hi, this is MC Lobster, the creator and host of the Cashflow Ninja, and you're listening to Dream Chasers, interviews with the future. You have to be authentic about all these things. Don't try to cram in certain realizations if they're not actually true, because while telling stories can be very powerful, if it's inauthentic, it's just going to be far, far net negative. This is Dream Chasers, episode 101 with Hunter Thompson. Hey guys, what's going on? I'm Adam Carswell, and welcome to Dream Chasers, interviews with the future. On Dream Chasers, we bring next-level talent to the light. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's get straight to the interview. Hey guys, this is Adam Carswell, and today I'm joined by Hunter Thompson. Hunter is the managing principal of ASIM Capital and the host of the Cashflow Connections Real Estate Podcast. He was born in Memphis, Tennessee, went to the University of Tennessee, and now lives in sunshiny Los Angeles, California. He is also the author of Raising Capital for Real Estate, which is an international bestseller on Amazon. And you can also give a quick plug here. You can also just go check that book out right now if you like at RaisingCapitalForRealEstate.com. It has just made a huge impact um, in the commercial real estate sector. Hunter, thank you for coming on the show. And do you have any opening remarks for my listeners? Hey, thanks again for having me on. Honored to be on the program. It's great to have you here. Guys, uh, for those of you who listen to the show or um, maybe don't know, Hunter has without a doubt, I'd say, been one of the top three influences in my life. Say I heard him on a podcast about two to three years ago, made an effort to reach out to him. And I'd say from there, he kind of adopted me. Not really, but um, he brought me into to his circle through the Cashflow Connections Mentorship Program which is something I think actually I do want to just touch on the the mentorship program briefly here, Hunter, because, you know, for me, that was definitely an epiphany moment in my life when I took that course that you've uh, put together, you know, it just completely changed my trajectory as a professional. Um, So before I get into a little bit more of what we're going to talk about today, could you share with our listeners, you know, maybe a little bit more details on anything I've said so far, as well as what the Cashflow Connections Mentorship Program is? Yeah, sure. And I appreciate giving the opportunity to talk about it. Basically, I started in the world of commercial real estate back in 2010 or so, and was very dedicated to learning something extremely complicated, something extremely lucrative, and in my opinion, most direct route to what most people consider financial freedom. And just the combination of being able to have predictable income and being able to create you know, your own destiny without incurring a lot of bureaucratic stuff from a structural standpoint. I had to go through quite a bit to learn that space. I had to go to endless networking events. I had to read endless books, most of which were not exactly focused on what I actually wanted to learn. And most of the in-person networking events were pitch fests. What really happened in my story and our story kind of coincided is that you reached out to me after I was on a speaking event and you basically expressed a lot of interest in what I was doing and what I was talking about. You wanted to learn about the types of investments that I invest in, mobile home park, self-storage, office, retail, etc. And I didn't really have a good resource to direct you. To be honest with you, I was really weary of going into the world of creating a paid course because I had heard so many people had bad experiences. So I really tried not to do it. I just thought, oh my gosh, I, I don't want to go that route. I don't want to spend my time and energy towards that. But then I felt truly called to serve the commercial real estate industry, which has been so good to me. I wanted to create something that I was really proud of so that young entrepreneurs could have access to really quality content as opposed to getting burned on those products, which are wildly overcharging and are just not that dense. And so I created something that I knew no matter what happens, if someone goes through it, they're never going to think that it's too thin. 
So that was really how the mentorship program was created. Absolutely. That's, that's what I was going to, uh, to chime in there and say, as I know, you know, you really made it important to, uh, in, a, in a joking way, make sure that anyone coming through the course, if anything, feels like they just got done drinking from a fire hose. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's, that's how we do it with our podcast. That's how I do it with all the content we put out. Uh, my brand is just slightly more sophisticated than some of our competitors out there. And that's really our differentiating factor. And it's not just because I wanted to do that. It's just that I found that stuff much more interesting, engaging, and challenging. I love it. Well, all right, Hunter, we are now going to step into the next level chamber. The topic of today's discussion is the art of storytelling. So Hunter, how has studying the art of storytelling, you already told a story there actually, how has the art of storytelling made an impact in your life? You mentioned my book, Raising Capital for Real Estate. That has been one of my favorite projects I've ever worked on. I've been able to work on several. I really like that project because I took something extremely complicated, extremely dense, the content of that book is very much like a textbook and I made it something that people could digest through storytelling in the sense that the book is about how to raise money for commercial real estate. And it's not like most books on the topic. It's not a marketing document. It's literally a booklet of follow these steps and you can be successful in this industry. It's a coaching program that we put into a book and now we give it away for free. Now that book is not written with the intention to be a New York Times bestseller. It's written with the intention to change a lot of people's lives. The only people that would be interested in reading the book though are people who are actually interested in raising money for real estate. However, having a textbook <laughs> is not really that appealing. People will, even if they are interested, they'll get burnt out from the content. So the combination of interweaving personal stories, things that show that even people that are successful have challenges, people that have to overcome adversity consistently, times where people may struggle. And what you can learn from those struggles is the fact that it's the only time that you can actually learn much. Um, that's actually very common. I use storytelling as a vehicle to tell a really complicated uh, audience about something that's really specific and requires a lot of multi-tiered steps. And so that's really how storytelling has most impacted my life most recently. Plus, I love to tell, tell stories about things I've been through, through both through you know, writing and also just you know, socially. Absolutely. So I've got a two-part question for you now. One, I know um, this is a leader that was brought into my life, I'd say, through you. I really look up to Russell Brunson a lot now, uh, the creator of ClickFunnels, such a great storyteller. He goes into detail about how to create a good story or how to bring out good stories from within yourself. So could you talk a little bit about the influence that Russell Brunson has made in your business and life? And then also, uh, could you tie in maybe a fun story that either you only used a couple times or haven't used yet? Generally speaking, Russell Brunson and the way that he wrote his books, specifically .com Secrets, if you haven't read that and you're listening to this podcast and you have some entrepreneurial type leanings or have a side hustle, that's a 100% no-brainer. That book was written in the same vein that my book was written. In fact, it was one of the most important inspirations for the way that my book was written in the sense that he gave away all of the secrets and said, if you do this, you're going to be successful in the world of online marketing. So, no one had done that, in my opinion, in the world of raising capital for real estate. So that's what I named the book and that's exactly what I tried to do. And I think, to be honest with you, based on the reviews, the goal was accomplished. In terms of, you know, Russell and the storytelling stuff, 
it's interesting when you can hear him speech, he frequently will do three hour presentations that are very engaging and insightful. And it's a very good combination of extremely data driven metrics and strategies and tactics with personal anecdotes and personal stories. And so one of the things that I've learned kind of looking at the way he presents with two eyes, one eye actually listening to the content, but the other eye, I guess ear, I should say, um, listening to the way in which the content is being presented is very powerful. So the way that he's able to give these three-hour presentations is during his life and looking back and reflecting on his life, he's put together a endless list of different important stories that have had meaningful impact on his life. And I would guess that he's also found stories in his life that at the time didn't really speak to him in terms of painting clear picture of what he should infer from the story, but then kind of reverse engineering his experience to make it fit a certain uh, point that he's trying to make. I'll give you an example. Well, first of all, Anytime that you experience something interesting, you should try to take as much from that experience and use it professionally. Uh, you should leverage your real world experiences and repurpose them for stories that communicate the deals that you're trying to, the concepts that you're trying to communicate for your potential clients or for anyone that's listening. And so a story that I tell in Raising Capital for Real Estate is about my first capital raise. I think that, uh, and not to say that I've accomplished all the goals that I've set out to accomplish, but people that are reading the book have not accomplished what I've accomplished in real estate. That's mostly the case because I've been involved in 90 or $100 million with the real estate transactions. Not a lot of people have done that. Now, my point there is when I wrote the book, the first thing I wanted to do was explain that I fell on my face in my first attempt to raise money. And so this wasn't something that I just launched this company and had instant success. In fact, very much the opposite. In fact, when it comes to raising money, my first attempt at it couldn't have gone worse in the sense that I literally didn't raise a dollar. And so I tell a story in the book, in the opening of the book, that I had a background in sales. I was very confident in terms of my ability to communicate. I had a tremendous track record in the real estate business already with my own personal funds. And I went out to raise money and I through a luncheon and 30 people came, all were accredited investors. And I literally didn't raise a dollar after giving this presentation, which by the way, is exactly the type of presentation I would give today. It was a presentation where I knew exactly what I was talking about. At the end, I, I gave out a piece of paper and the attendees were supposed to write the dollar amounts which they were interested in investing. And they turned their paper in and no one had wrote anything. And so that story right there was the beginning of a long story that results in me realizing what I had done wrong, of course, being embarrassed, repositioning myself based on the lessons that I learned, really having success ever since that reposition took place, hitting additional barriers along the way, and then really having what I would consider to be success in the real estate business. And then that success has allowed me to do something incredible which is teach other people how to do it. And that's something that started as kind of a side hustle, you know, the mentorship program has now turned into a really important part of my business, both from a financial perspective, as well as a reason to get out of bed in the morning perspective, because nothing I love more, there's nothing I love more than helping people, A, get money out of stock market, B, take their current level of freedom and financial well-being and multiply that, you know, multiples of 10 or 100 times more personal freedom and financial well-being. So, you know, that's an example of how in a story that I tell changed my life and how I tell it in the book that I wrote. 
I love it. It's, it's got me thinking about a few more questions here. Uh, but first, guys, thank you. We are now halfway through our interview. It's about that time. Here is a quick sample from your next level track of the week. Relax by Rez. Because from this moment in time, there's nothing, nothing of importance for you to do except relax. back hunter just finished breaking down his first capital raise the impact of that story as well as a few others that's got me thinking now hunter you know you've told that story you've seen it kind of come full cycle through your book do you feel like there's any secrets about storytelling that you've learned now that you could share with our listeners today that maybe they've never considered before yeah so i mean going back to russell brunson one of the things that i think he makes very clear and i think anyone that's in the business of content creation or actually just thinking about your own thoughts is trying to systematize things trying to put them in a framework trying to put them in an algorithm so that you can repeat and replicate the algorithm over and over again this is a point that ray dalio makes in his book principles here is kind of a framework that i use whenever i'm going to tell a story or reverse engineer a story for the purpose of communicating a concept to a potential client. So it's like seven or eight stages, depending on how deep you want to go. But I'll just give you an idea. First is the intrigue, the thing that makes you interested in this particular topic. Second is as you start to pursue that intrigue, you hit a major wall that can usually trigger almost your downfall. The third is after hitting that major downfall, you find a guide, you find a mentor, you find someone who's done exactly what you want to do or has thought through concepts in a more detailed manner than you could have. You leverage that mentor to start your own real success. And this is the fourth stage, which is early successes. Then five, once you start to have that momentum, you have a realization about how you can actually use what your mentor or your guide or books you've read have taught you. And then boom, you have a breakthrough. And then seven, you have real meaningful success. And then eight, which is the most powerful and the most underutilized, which is the fact that you start to realize that what you were originally pursuing is an incredible goal. But once you've accomplished it, you realize it's so much better if you can share that with other people. This is why people use the term serve. You know, when you're called to serve, you're called to help other people accomplish similar things. That is really powerful. And by the way, as someone who is either a potential client or someone who wants to invest with you or, or be part of your world, that's much more powerful than just hearing about your own personal story. And by the way, it's all true. I think with all of this stuff, when you start to hear a framework of a story and then you start to hear people talk, about their own stories, you start to hear the same framework used over and over again. You have to be authentic about all these things. Don't try to cram in certain realizations if they're not actually true, because while 
telling stories can be very powerful. If it's inauthentic, it's just going to be far, far net negative. That's the framework. Um, the underlying thesis, though, is you have to start with your intrigue. You have to have a major wall. You have to have a breakthrough and a guide and a mentor and then take off like a rocket ship. And then once you do accomplish that amazing thing, turn it back to the potential client and say, and then I realized that this is what I want to do is to share this information with you. That's obviously why you're talking about the topic in the first place. So powerful. And I think another common reference to that story, that framework you just referenced, I just want to bring this out. It's the story of the hero, right? The, the Odyssey or, or something like that. Yeah. So it's the hero's journey, right? And this is something that can be actually much more complicated than what I've outlined here. There's 12 stages depending on the particular one you're looking at. But yeah, so if you want to Google this concept, the hero's journey concept, um, I use eight just because that seems to work a little bit better for what I'm trying to accomplish. Perfect. Thank you. It's more original too. Now you got your own version. All <laughs> right. right. So Hunter, I've got uh, three rapid fire questions for you here to close this one out. You can go, in, go into detail a little bit if you like. I'm going to shoot them out to you and go ahead and answer them in, in whatever order you like. Uh, yeah. One, what is your favorite board game? Two, what is your favorite in-home workout? Because it seems to be what everyone's doing nowadays. <laughs> and three, what is your favorite coffee? So favorite board game, I'll give one answer, which is kind of a played out, but Monopoly is just a very good game. And it's <laughs> no surprise that I like that one. Uh, I did get a game recently, which is kind of like Russian roulette but for cards, it's called Exploding Kittens. It's definitely not suitable for work, mature audiences only, whatever, whatever, but it's a great game. And um, I definitely suggest you take a look at it. Um, second question? Favorite in-home workout? Favorite in-home workouts. I mean, anything regarding a weight vest in terms of in-home stuff, that's a really good way to spend 100 bucks or 200 bucks. And just generally speaking, talking about a good investment, in my opinion, there's like the tier of like wealth pre-IPO, like let's say you have shares of a startup that's not IPO, you can't actually sell the shares, but the company's doing well. You have like post-IPO, you got a big payday, but you don't know how to turn it into cash flow. Then you've got like passive income. Then you've got like passive income that's so legitimate that it's more than or even a multiple of your expenses. And then like the ultimate tier 50 wealth is like you spend $1,000 on a home gym before COVID. That's like <laughs> the pyramid of like ultimate, you know, happiness and wealth. So yeah. Weight vest is awesome. And I think step ups with the weight vest on in home, like stepping up onto a chair, for example, is a good, good use of your time. Nice. I like it. I'm considering it now. <laughs> Lastly, favorite type of coffee. And I, I, I'm, pretty, so, I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to say. So like, give us the science on this too. Oh, well, about the science, I'm not so sure, but um, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. know what you're making. I was saying, um, well, first of all, I'm an investor in a company called Thrive Market, which is a online grocer, which is similar to kind of a mix between Whole Foods and Costco online. So it's organic food delivered to your home in two days for a membership fee. So thrivemarket.com. I know the CEO from doing some investing stuff with him and had the opportunity to invest. And since then, it's absolutely taken off like a rocket ship. And they just announced recently they had 900,000 members, which is just completely insane. I mean, that was like our total home run number originally was like in that realm. So congratulations to them. The concerns about COVID have really increased the attention to the space, obviously. So they have a private label of many, many things and their coffee, Thrive Market Coffee is my favorite coffee. And the way that I prepare it is through making cold brew at home. If you haven't done this, it's a very simple process. You just have a, a cold press 
or a finch press, which is for cold things. You let it steep for about 16 hours and then you have it. That's it. It's just water and beans and you can make this and save yourself some money uh, without going to Starbucks and stuff. And you can do it from home. So it's like much more productive and efficient. That's how I do it. And what, real quick, what's the difference between iced coffee and cold brew? (laughs) Well, once you get used to cold brew, you can never do iced coffee. And I don't really know the science behind why this is, but I've definitely tried a lot of both. And because I don't know what it is, this is like not in my area of expertise, but I'm very, very confident that the eye you get from the caffeine in cold brew is much more conducive to learning and thinking. It's much more persistent and thorough and the high you get from drinking coffee creates more jitters and doesn't make you focused. And I'm just a super junkie when it comes to productivity. So I'm looking for healthy ways to get a lot done. And I just am a big proponent of cold brew. And then once you go to it, you can never go back because it's stronger. It tastes a lot better. And again, the, I don't know if the high is the right term, but the, the benefits from a cognitive ability standpoint are incredible. And by the way, there's a lot of science to back this up. Like caffeine is no joke. The cognitive thing is really, really serious. And also there's a lot of science that backs up going through things like marathon training. For example, people use caffeine um, in a similar manner. So it's good for you physically and cognitively as well. Perfect. There you go. Everyone go get some cold brew. All right. And Hunter, last thing for the day, besides, you know what, we got to get your contact information, but first, can you give a shout out to someone you've never given a shout out to before? Hmm. Okay. I'll go crazy on this right now. And this is going to be kind of played out. And I think that's going to be counterintuitive, but I'm sure other people have given this person a shout out before, but like, Grant Cardone is, in certain circles, Grant Cardone is God. And in a lot of other circles, Grant Cardone is the guy that they exactly don't want to be. And I am actually very sympathetic to both. So if you listen to my podcast, you know much about the way that I conduct myself professionally. I'm not the sales guy. I'm not the go 100 miles an hour with investor capital and just scale as fast as possible. That's not me. And that seems to be Grant. There is so much depth to his book, 10X. There, he is a very deep thinker and he paints himself as the sales guy because he's figured out a hack to scale his real estate business and I'm not hating on him for that. Don't let Grant's crazy persona get in the way of you enjoying and getting a ton from 10X, his book, because that book is so powerful if you can just not think about who the author is in terms of like how he conducts himself on social media. I know that your listeners are not drones, meaning that they can think for themselves, but I myself even have a problem differentiating things like that. And it would be really, really sad if people couldn't get what they need to get out of 10X because that's a concept that's so powerful that it's one of those things where you read it, you understand it. It's like, oh my gosh, I don't want anyone else to know this. Like I'll, if I know this and no one else does, I'm going to be like, blah, blah, blah. But that's not how it works, right? Because what do we say about the story? It's once you start to have that success, it's all about who you can share it with. And then all of a sudden you start to become competitive about your sphere of influence. And that's just a much more powerful concept than, you know, hoarding that information. So there you go. I just gave it away. (laughs) There you go. And I I just couldn't agree more. Such a good book. Anyone out there who already has it, you know, highly recommend at least reading it once a year because it just re-motivates you. 
yeah, just completely uh, got to back up everything Hunter said just there. Go, go check out 10X, guys. Um, Hunter, what is the single best way any of our listeners today can follow up and get in touch with you? So single best way? Yep. Just, um, just if you want to shoot me an email, yeah, info at asymcapital.com. I'll shoot you a couple of free resources. Perfect. There you go. Free resources, guys. Get on it. All right, Hunter. Well, thank you once again for coming on the show today, Dream Chasers. It was a huge, huge honor. Uh, you kicked off season two for us. So really excited to see where the next hundred episodes go. Any closing words? No, I really appreciate it. Thanks again. Congratulations on the show. Thank you. Guys, thank you for tuning into Dream Chasers, interviews with the future. We will catch you in the next episode. Remember, in all you think, say, and do, take it to the next level. <laughs>